from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Hello, Mayor of Kidtown. I- <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Mayor of Kidtown. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. It is I, the Mayor of Kidtown. No, but, well, we have a guest. Jeff. Hello. Uh, welcome, everyone, to All My Fantasy Children, a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by listener prompts. My name is Jeff Stormer. My name is Eric Tanisayas, and we are joined by... Uh, international man of mystery patrick rothfuss that's damn right <laughs> i you know what i feel like not enough of us call ourselves international people of mystery and so you know what good on you pat i feel like i feel like not enough of us are taking that title because technically like if you think about it very few of us would can go to another country and not be mysterious right mm. it's true mm. And you're just being the change you want to see in the world. That's how I feel. So I mean, international. I have traveled. Uh, mysterious. I am. I. I pe- a lot of people might quibble uh, about my masculinity, and that is fair. You know, I'll, I, I think that's fair. You know, fair, valid. Pat, thank you, Pat. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show. Before we get started, can we talk about all the cool stuff you do? Sure. Yeah, please, toot your horn. You have a giant, I want you to imagine yourself on a mountaintop right now. In front of you is a cartoonishly large ram horn. Like, it stretches into the heavens, and when you blow this horn, everyone will know what it is you do and how amazing it is. And if you have any particular things that you want to promote, like ongoing charity drives, like that is also (laughs) a good thing to blow into the horn specifically, because it's, you know, in case there's time-sensitive stuff that you want to blow into the horn. Um, you know, I, uh, right now, my, the majority of my life is sort of, uh, consumed by the charity. Uh, it, it is, uh, uh, that, that maybe sounds a little more negative than I intend it to be. It is, uh, it is consensual. It is a labor of love. I accidentally started a charity called World Builders, uh, about 10 years ago. And since then it has grown to become a, uh, a, a bizarrely successful, uh, expression of how much geeks want to make the world better. Um, over the last 10 years or so, we've raised about $14 million for various charities. And uh, right now we are doing our big end of the year uh, fundraiser that uh, benefits primarily uh, Heifer International, uh, which is uh, a an amazing charity that's been working for 75 years to promote food sustainability and, uh, uh, and it, it makes people's lives better forever for an amount of money that is quite frankly laughable. And, uh, so I, I do that. Um, and, and it's happening right now. Uh, I mean, once upon a time I wrote books, uh, and I hope to go back to that, uh, as soon as I get my life together. Um, uh, but right now, uh, there is only Zool, and uh, by which I mean it's only lead up and promotion of the charity because it's a limited time offer, and the world needs fixing now. That's it's fair. true. You're not. It you're is not an amazing wrong. charity, it and is. it is something that I. It's something that I admire about you so much is your dedication to actual important stuff rather than just you know creative pursuits are great, but this is an actual 
tangible, amazing thing that like is really making positive change in the world. And it's something dope that we get to like celebrate. Like yeah. it's worth celebrating. You know, it's it's really nice to hear that because I I, I kind of go back and forth where uh, I I feel like if uh, you know if I'm doing the charity, then then I'm, I'm I feel kind of guilty because I'm not doing what is you know technically my my day job, my my career, which is writing books. Um, if I'm writing books, then you know, am I am I leaving the charity out to you know out to hang in the wind? Um, and if I, you know, stop to watch a television show or like just read a book, then obviously I'm betraying everyone. So, uh, it's nice to hear that people, uh, that people, uh, think fondly of the charity as well. It's, uh, it's, it's something I'm, I'm very proud of, uh, despite the fact that it was largely accidental when I started it. Hey, you know, you can just, our, my motto on this show is you can just lie. Say like you totally <laughs> intended to do it. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, I, that's also the realist the realist uh anxiety feel in the world is yeah. every time I do a project I feel like I'm betraying all of the other projects so <laughs> thank you for yeah. sharing that and making me feel like I I know I now feel like I am less alone in that very specific 2020 terror state so thank <sighs> you I appreciate that yeah yeah I've been I've been living there for a decade to be completely honest <laughs> Oh. Your humanity has validated me. I feel I feel better now. Uh. But what we're here to do today is, of course, create an episode of All My Fantasy Children, which is the greatest podcast of all time, where each week we take a listener-submitted prompt and we spin it into an original fantasy character, world of detail, myth, legend, what have you, and populate a connected fantasy universe one episode at a time. And this week we're doing it with a guest that I'm very excited to have on. But first... Pat, I want to ask you something very important. What's getting you excited this week? What's getting you razzed up? Um, I, I knew this was coming, and I tried to <laughs> deliberately disentangle my brain from its its intricate web of of, of charity promotion. Um, I am excited about the fact that I successfully made my closest attempt to my mom's old stuffing recipe this oh, Thanksgiving. I've, so. I've taken runs at it again and again. And so not only am I excited about taking my next run, which would be even closer, but I got that in the fridge and Ooh. that might be happening later on tonight is more of that. Sort of a, sort of a Hades run, but with stuffing. Got it. Yeah. Yes. So now that I'm all razzed up, so you got to tell me what stuffing is fire. So you have to tell me what's in it. What's what's the what makes it special? What's in it? What's tell me about it? Tell me about the stuff. And if you want to keep the secret, you can also just tell us like one key <laughs> differentiator ingredient. I, people are very protective of their stuffing recipes, and I want to respect that. So tell us as much or as little of the stuffing secrets as you wish to share. It yes. was it was just it was the ubiquitous, ever present stuffing of my childhood. Yeah, everybody's got one, so this yep, is very yep. exciting to me. But which means like you know no other stuffing growing up. And then you grow up and then somebody else puts something on your plate and you eat it and you're and you're like you're like, what the fuck, apples? <laughs> yes. Like, like, yo, who puts corn in this? <laughs> <laughs> and and it's sort of like I feel really betrayed and I, I feel like I don't know you. Um but and so I when I when I went to try to make it myself, um I I 
kind of got a bunch of opinions and I knew a little bit about cooking and I did research and I'm like, I've got access to a bakery and I've got like, I'll get this nice, like hand tossed artisanal fucking whatever bread. And, and this year, you know, and I'm like, Ooh, I, I don't, I cook a lot with a lot of garlic. I'll put garlic in this. And, and this year I'm like, I actually asked a friend and she said, my stuffing recipe comes out of the Betty Crocker cookbook. And I went, Oh no. My mom, I, I go, uh, my mom was busy and my mom grew up like working class. You know, I had mm-hmm. a poor, mm-hmm. poor is a complicated statement, but yeah. poor-ish. Like we, we, we were not rolling in it when I was a kid. And I'm like, I need to think of this stuffing. Like this is one of the many things you're doing on this day. And you do not have a lot of money or a lot of time. And I'm like, oh, so I went out, I brought garbage white bread. Yep. And it was onion, celery, um, and uh, I chopped up a little mushroom and I put it in there uh, and with the butter and then a, a, t- a bunch of sage and pepper and salt. And then I tossed it with the breadcrumb and I put in some some broth. And it was so much faster and easier than any of my other wild <laughs> mad science experiments. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, it was, it was so, so close. I'm, I'm not quite there, but it was the closest I've ever come with almost no effort. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's it. It's like no magic, Incredible. no whatever simple ingredients put together in it in a lazy way. That's the best kind of cooking, though, is when mm-hmm. it's 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 from a me- it gives you a feeling, and then you kind of like make this connection with someone from the past or someone that you've known or knew. When you're like, you think about them whipping up this recipe in a simplistic, resourceful way, and it kind of bridges this gap of time to be like, huh, like I'm using my uh, my late grandmother's food processor currently, Aww. and so using it, I'm like blending up like onions and garlic and peppers and stuff, and I'm like, huh. I am connecting through time right now. It's yep. like this magical linking moment it's that I've always I've always enjoyed about cooking recipes based on memory and trying to figure it out through like taste and smell is like you're feeling the same feeling of resourcefulness and kind of just winging it that the originator the originator used and it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Jeff, it is your turn. All right. Um I am going to talk about something that is very very exciting to me and it has been filling my heart with joy and it's gonna piss Aaron off a little bit and a little bit of backstory for you Pat is I watch a lot of TV shows that are not current I'm a big fan of <laughs> I, I know that we live in a golden age of entertainment and I keep feeling like this thing from 2009 is divine <laughs> which is to yeah. say I've been watching the show better off Ted and it is I, I remember this. watching it at the time Better it was from the head. year 2009. It ran for two seasons. It is legitimately one of the funniest TV shows I've ever watched in my life. Seriously? I remember at the time, like, dying with laughter. And now that I'm older and I've worked in a corporate setting and, like, sadly, the, the corporate jokes have aged very well because corporate life has changed very little in the last 10 years. It is one of the sharpest and funniest TV shows that I've ever seen in my life. I'm okay. trying I'm trying to remember the concept. Is it the fact that it's a guy who dies and he still goes to work even though he's a zombie? No, that would be a That's great That's a good thing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you got a million. I'm gonna edit that out so we can steal that shit. <laughs> because I'm like, loaded. Yeah, I'm like, that's a good fucking um, it's a good commentary. <laughs> that that is excellent. I'm about it. That's what's been getting hype me hype this week. Um for me it is 
Um, it was food related. Oh yeah, it's simple and it's fresh baked bread. Um, y'all. Oh damn. I know, I know. It's something so simple, but something so rewarding that everyone has that same reaction when someone's like, yo, this restaurant makes their own bread. Everyone's like, oh, fuck yeah, we gotta get it. Or like when you're at a bakery and you're like, well, I gotta get a loaf of motherfucking bread. Because if you have bread and you have olive oil and salt and pepper and or a nice butter and a nice jam or honey or something, that's lunch, baby. And some cheese. That's that's the dream. That's the dream lunch. Uh. Yes. And so I want to start dabbling in baking bread. I've been watching the Great British Baking show and there's a bread episode and it was like netflix almost flagged it for being pornographic because it was so beautiful <laughs> um oh. but yeah i really want to get on the bread game uh so if anybody out there has bread tips and tricks please tweet them my way i will legitimately Don't. have jen im you because jen makes yes. amazing bread and yes. uh also you know my dad has been a baker for the better yes. part of like 30 years right i yes that he's a fucking star he's star baker like 30 years running so I will connect you with both of these things because please do. Uh, I want a good. Gr- I want a group chat with your oh. father and your partner. Bread with 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 whipped butter with a little fennel on, and some, some freshly grated come or like the coarsely ground salt. So we're not talking about shit this week. Just Ooh. food. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right. So, on that note, so what we do on this podcast, stated before, we make the greatest show of all. We make the greatest podcast of all time every single week, and we're going to make a cool fantasy, whatever. Haven't decided yet. And we start by taking a listener-submitted prompt. And the prompt this week comes to us from our Discord from user SwordBob prompt. The Great Spider, the Jewel of the Beneath. That's a good prompt. Good prompt. It is a good now, prompt. Pat. What are your initial thoughts? Do you have any initial images? Do you have something that jumps out at you right away? Something you're like that immediately evokes when you when you say spider and beneath because I grew up the way I did, I got to think about the drow, I got to mm-hmm. think about that. And I mean, that's not bad. Like young me read read all them books and I mm-hmm. read uh, R.A. Salvatore uh, and dug on that drizzed shit. Um, but now, like, when when I got around to writing my books, I had read, like, 8,000 fantasy novels at my best guess. And so I'm like, I, I got real bored of reading the same thing again and again. And I always yeah. want to find out what has been done so I can not accidentally do a thing that's been done so much, but mm-hmm. also something that kind of is interesting in contrast to that. Like, yeah. you know, and, and Drow also are pr- kind of problematic. They there's do a not lot of, hold up There's well. a lot of problematic yeah. stuff to the Drow that I, I would love to 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 remove and uh, play around with. And, like, I have an immediate pitch that yeah. I think, like, I think is, is helpful. Okay. Or I think will at least be cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, I, I want to directly say out the problematic stuff, which is like the drow and D&D are presented as an evil race. And like, that's not great. Yeah, I'm fucking I don't know that much about the I, I just learned what a fucking typhling is. So I'm a little behind. Um, So this is literally from the fucking fan wiki. A dark skinned subrace of elves that are predominantly lived in the underdark. They are hated and feared due to their cruelty. Yeah, it's it's Holy real bad. Shit. Like it is real, real bad when you <laughs> dig into it. Fuck? No, Aaron, I really cannot so emphasize enough how bad it is. So yeah. here's what I want to pitch immediately. Yeah. I want to pitch okay. two things immediately. Okay. One <laughs> Um, I want to pitch. So we have we've we've played a lot around with a a, a culture of people 
uh, an ancestry of people uh, called the Beast Folk. This is a thing mm. on on our show that we've played around with in the past, Pat, and they are exactly what they sound like. They are animal people. I would like to propose that they are, in fact, that these are just literally spider people that live underground, because I think that is a cool visual. I like you know, this a lot. Humans, spidery faces, uh, maybe spider limbs. I have not decided yet, but I like the idea of just like spider people living underground and obviously, we will remove the the hated and feared and the evil race. Oh yeah, stuff, we start like, raw. We're starting from a lump of beautiful dough, and we're gonna mold it and see what comes out. Okay, but, but like uh, I think okay. we so, should but, take. But, but, but let me ask: when you say, well, as soon as you said pi- spider people, and, and not to mire us endlessly in like semantic faffery, mm-hmm. but also I am who I am. What do you mean by people? By by people, do you mean a sentient creature or humanoid? Humanoid. humanoid sentient creature like hmm. imagine our beast folk are kind of like a fursuit but like a person in a fur yeah like, like a like a, mean, Dis- like, like a disney like a disney animal person a la the beast but it's instead of a instead of a wolf or fox or whatever the beast is supposed to be a spider okay so like they could have abs yeah we want the ability for them to have abs <laughs> okay i like how abs is immediately the first place like oh powerful quads powerful arms like you know it's it's very um like Be- beauty and the beast is a good example like i would say like that's a dog beast person yeah now now is this spider <laughs> is this i i i will admit as who uh, give me give me that that name again so this is the great spider the jewel of the beneath this strikes me as a deific being. Mm. Okay. okay, so I really fuck with large because I love creating mythology and things like that. So when you say they're like a deity, um, what is? So they're underground, yes. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, hmm. uh, you know, I, I think we also I, I because I can never make things simple for myself. I don't think we have to just avoid the drow. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have to avoid uh, Granddaddy Tolkien and mm-hmm. Shelob. Oh, yeah. Ah, um, yes. And if we're going to avoid Shelob, Shelob is actually second generation. And so what we really have to either avoid or steal from cleverly is Ungalunk, the spider which consumes light, who bore Shelob in the older Tolkien mythology. Consuming light is very sexy. Isn't that Just baller? that phrase alone is so fucking good that like, I kind of want to pull from this feeds on very light itself concept. And, you know, is this a feared deity? Is this a baddie? Uh, or is this I, a neutral I party? Propose, I would like to propose no, because I have an immediate pitch. Okay. Okay. Read me the prompt one more time. The great spider, the jewel of the beneath. So here's what I want to propose. I want to propose that this is not a feared deity figure, uh, that this is uh, taking a note, uh, taking a note from our from our, our buddy J.R.R. Um, I want to propose I love devouring light and I love and, and what I want to suggest. And, and the other thing that I want to pull from that is that that is the spider that birthed all of the other spiders. Hmm. But instead of like a literal birthing situation, if this is a spider that created this other dimensional or otherworldly kingdom called the Beneath, mm. like if the, if that is what this this deity figure created and it's literally this place, 
that is very that visual is very cool to me if it is like a spider you know absorbed the light and life and created this other space and there's this entire culture that like lives in this king this constructed sort of web crystal kingdom i think that is like to me an extremely cool visual what do you both think about that see i i i like it because what what this tells me what this tells me is i see this being that consumes light that is kind of emitting shadow almost like creating almost a zone of eternal night or darkness underground or in this cavern where no light can enter no light can pierce this veil of night i don't know if this is a myth for night or like a you know the the incarnation of night like I'm, if this is I'm like feeling a like this scenario. might be i'm feeling like this might be a literal place and i i i want to i want to throw out an idea that this is quite literally like maybe not even like a night space so much as it is just like a literal uh, i i i am not even not i love the night visual but like also the idea that this might not even be like a cave so much as like a pocket dimension or something cool yeah, like yeah, that yeah yeah like, yeah like like what if because uh, and I never realized I was so full of spider mythology, but they are everywhere, so it makes sense. It's true. But, like, what if, because I like the thought of things that are more than one thing. Yeah. So if it's an actual place, that's very good. But the beneath, I like, I love, like, this capital B beneath. Um, it feels to me a little bit like um, in Neverwhere, Neil Gaiman's book, um, there's London Below. Mm-hmm. which sort of overlaps but is distinct from like you can you can you can get into London below and but like you're you're cut off from the regular London ah and so but but what about this because if and and I I I do I do kind of want to come back to the whole like spider people because I think there's like there's real unexplored territory there sure yeah and this particular spider the beneath, uh, because like spiders traditionally, uh, you've got Arachne who like you yeah. know weaves these stories, but also Anazi, like one of the best mm-hmm. like you know storyteller yep. totemic figures ever, um, and uh, and so what if the beneath is almost because again it's almost un- unavoidable un- unavoidable to steal something or or get something sure so i like to grab a, a tiny tiny piece from everywhere so at yeah. least my theft is diverse of course agree um, <laughs> you're, you're it sounds like you're going to fit on on this show just, <laughs> just uh, yeah so if this is the beneath i like it being a real place but what if like in some ways like the dream time uh, I love the, that. You know, I had I had a really specific pitch to piggyback off of that. So finish your thought. So, like the the Aboriginal concept of the dream time, it's not a, a a mythical place or a place that even people who believe in it believe that it's otherworldly. The dream time is, in some ways, sort of like the realist place. Hmm. And so, what if this, you know, like because spiders make spiders are intricate yeah um and so if there is a beneath what if this beneath is a very 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 real place from which arise like other concepts almost except instead of like the dream time time burst birthed 
the reality of the world? What if the beneath births the reality of like stories or psychology or what? I don't, I don't know where I, that I, would go. I've got, a, I've got a very, I've got a cool pitch for this. Oh, you go first. I'm, 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 I'm fucking horny for that idea. That's very good. <laughs> so here's what I want to propose a little bit. There's a few different things that I want to throw out in here. And, and Pat, we're cooking with gas now and you've thrown out some stuff that I really want to just yeah. run for the, I want to run to the wall with. Um, the first thing is just, and this is a very tiny detail. Um, thinking about like Neverwhere, thinking about, I love, I love a good city that exists between cracks. Like that is a, a trope that I love. Um, so what I want to propose is, have you ever, have either of you ever walked into a spider web? Oh, yes. frequently. If you do that <laughs> and like, it, it is, that is, it, beneath can exist anywhere. And like the way that you enter from where you are into the beneath is you walk into a spider web. Shit, that's good. Like it's, it's, it's very that, good. It's that one specific moment, right? You're walking and it's up spider web and then you look around and like, it is a, a place that is similar to like wherever you are. But, like, everything just looks like it is made out of, like, intricately woven spider webs that are so, like, tightly bound that they become almost, like, metallic cables. Yeah. May I I make a pitch on that? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I get this feeling of the great spider perhaps weaves the very fabric of these special spider webs. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of – is it something where it's, like – you know, you bump into it. Are you because spiders, like you know, they entrap their prey and they take it. You know what I mean? They 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 capture you. And, yep. Is it something where this is like, say, like you know, the the great spider is quite taking you to the beneath? Yeah. Is it something like that where if you walk into this spun fiber, you know, you are literally pulled into a space where you know the the very concept of like you know, the fabric of dreams and supernatural events and supernatural beings can be woven from this fabric. I, I love that. And I'm going to throw out two things. And one of them might be peak AMFC because we're 30 minutes into an episode. So just <laughs> bear we with really? me. Are we really? Goddamn. One of them is we had said the spider eats light. What if it eats dreams? Like what if it is, oh. if it, it, it has taken dreams and has spun them back into this sort of ethereal otherworldly space that exists anywhere and like that is the thing that it takes and it feeds and it like absorbs and it like it takes it to to your point pat like it takes dreams it takes dreams and stories and all of these things and it brings them and it creates this other space by taking these other things i i i I love that i want to throw something out too but i want to hear your second thing first I was going to – the other the second thing, and like I said, this is very this is very in the spirit of AMFC because we're 30 plus minutes in the episode. I'm not sure that we need spider folk. Like I think that there are spider beast folk, but I think like in this case, the, the, jewel, the jewel might be the only spider. Like that might be the only – and it's just other people and other like people who are wandering this dreamscape. Like that might be it. So like – and again, I'm thinking I'm, – I'm always – once – once I have avoided the obvious like cliches or or, or pitfalls, mm-hmm. and then like when, when you said like when you walk through a spider web, I'm like that feels to me. There's some things that feel very like that live in the realm of icon, mm-hmm. like a stone or iron. You know, those mm-hmm. things are they they sort of have almost what I think of as a mythic weight. And like walking into a spider web is such a unique experience. And then I think, what, where does that happen? 
For one, you know, it can happen anywhere, which is part of the 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 t- yeah. the, the horror. Um, and especially if that is a transition, um, the fact that it can happen anywhere uh, is horrible. But typically, it, it happens more often in a place that is untrod. It happens mm-hmm. in in other places. It happens in lonely places. It happens when you're in the wild. And so, what if? And and also just to mention, it's like the the eating the eating light. I think like if we if we step away from that, that's actually maybe great because again, Tolkien did that and like, you know, with, with Ungolent. Yeah. And but like what if instead of um this thing drawing people in, because I, I think of this this creature that is a jewel, and a jewel as opposed to a gem. I could mm-hmm. talk for an hour about the difference of those two things, like because I'm nuts, but a jewel is something precious and beautiful and desirable. And what if, what if we maybe like take some of that fat cash from the spider anti-defamation league and we create someone, because what do spiders do? They catch. Mm-hmm. What if this spider, because this is a great spider and like that might mean it's big. But honestly, a great spider for me is one that if I am in the wild, if I am in an unused place, if I am exploring, or if I have gone off the path and then suddenly I am in the beneath, I need something to catch me. And what if this beautiful jewel is there to fucking save the people? I want to, I want to, I want to take that, I want to take that and take it a step further. What it like you are let's imagine you are out like in an un an untrodden place, right? Let's imagine that you are you're going up to your attic, you haven't been there in a year and a half, but there's like that one specific thing that you need. Or you're you're out you're out wandering in the woods, right? You're you like to go a wandering in the clear moonlight. Like you are you are out and you're in these untrodden places. More often than not, you're there because you're looking for something. Mm-hmm. So if it's not just that, if it's if it's if it's partially that you are that you are saved, and partially that the great spider helps you find a thing, whether that be physical or metaphysical, like the beneath we've said, like is can be anywhere. Yeah. If it's this thing of like I am I am in this place, and like when you need it, this spider like this spider might be able to like bring you to a place that is anywhere, and like help you because and help you like find something this sense of even if it's even if it's finding your way home right if it's just saving you and catching you or it's catching that thing you're looking for like it is this sense of the beneath is where the beneath is where you go when you are looking for something and cannot find it and the great spider is there to be your like your guidepost and to to take you to a place where you can find what you're looking for can i have a pitch yeah. i'm excited yeah. about yeah this. yeah yeah because when we think about dreams, it's like this big concept of like random data. Do they mean things? Do they not? But there's something mystical, mysterious, magical. Like it literally feels like you go to a different place and when you wake up, you're back. It's the closest thing that we can kind of get to astral projection. Mm-hmm. So my thought was, 
circling back to this concept of like consuming light, it's a fun thing of like deities consuming something. So what I was thinking is in the it's very a la like Mr. Sandman almost where like if the great spider when you dream and you forget the dream, you know what I mean? It often happens where you're like, mm. oh, I didn't dream. I can't remember. Was it taken and spun into fabric and made to make this like the net for someone else? And because, like, when you watch a spider make a net uh, web, it's not one piece. Yeah. It's like they connect. There's different points where they connect. So perhaps if all of those strands are from dreams that were kind of pulled from people as they slept and forgot by the great spider in a good way, like, you don't need this, but someone else does, it kind of, it makes me think of a literal net of safety. Oh, like, yeah. Like, of this jewel spider crafting from your dream, from the people of the world's dreams to create this safety net in the beneath that can kind of catch you if you're lost. So it's, like, made up of discarded dreams that are kind of recycled into this fabric in the beneath. What I super love about that, what I absolutely adore about that, is a very real dream fact is that like you when you dream when you recall a dream like you're only recalling it's it's said that you're only recalling like the last two or three dreams that you had in like a standard like rem cycle like you are you are you are having all of these dreams that you just will not remember and this idea that like there's just ton of them that you forget or you have dreams that like we've all had dreams that you know um I was just I was watching Bob's Burgers and there's a great line where Teddy's talking about a dream he had about a dolphin and he starts rattling off all this dream stuff. And the last thing that he says is, and I went to the aquarium that probably had something to do with it. (laughs) And like the idea that that you have, we all have dreams that we can straight up say there's no significance to this. It's just because I was like, we've all had dreams where, you know, you're, you have a dream about a TV show because you were up, you you spent 14 hours the day before, like mainlining that TV show. Yeah. Like and there and there are so many dreams that we can almost comfortably cast aside in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And if if the great spider is collecting those dreams and building this wonderful dreamscape world space so that so that when you have to find that one dream that matters that you have forgotten, it can take you on that journey to like bring you to something that that you needed. Because and the space is built on all of the little garbage dreams that we that we didn't need or that we yeah. have forgotten that we had. Yeah, the you know and and something that you mentioned uh, a, a little bit back, it's like when you're off and you hit these webs, it is typically because you're out and it's late, you know. Mm-hmm. But like you're 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 going someplace usually because you're looking for something. Um, and you know if if we're in the realm of like mythology or superstition. Um, there's an old phrase, uh, which, uh, is, I suppose it's not that old. If, uh, Terry Pratchett references it, um, you would, uh, tell something to the bees. Um, and that was effectively like, it was kind of like gossiping and kind, you would tell secrets to the bees. But if this is, if, if you tend to experience this sort of thing while you're looking for something, this what if this is um you know you if if when you what would you be looking for where you would end up beneath i think you would be looking for like for like not 
objects, obviously. You'd be yeah. looking mm-hmm. for yeah, 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 yeah. For answers, you'd be looking for lost things, but yeah. not things. You know, this isn't the island of forgotten toys. No. This would be the the forgotten answers mm-hmm. or like like the most like and and, and again like uh, so much of everything is just dross but like the rare perfect like good forgotten dream that, that piece of insight it's that it's that one thing that you that that one thing that you that you are looking for more than anything the core of that can be found in the beneath and so but when you are looking this beneath might be such a vast place. If that is where the forgotten, if that's where like the forgotten or and not even forgotten, like unremembered, like you never even remembered it to forget it. Dreams go. That place is so vast. And, yeah. and so like, how could you do anything but be lost there forever? Yeah. You know, or how, let alone find what you're looking for. And so um, like it having, Having a a guide or a uh, you know you could also I, I could imagine you know are all spiders like sort of emissaries of this great spider like could you say to a spider I like that a lot like telling it to the bees but yeah. telling it to the spiders I was gonna say um, I love that I just love the idea that there's like a superstitious uh, a superstitious cultural practice of. If you, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to expand it and say, like, it's not just that you, you tell secrets to a spider or that you, like, ask uh, metaphysical questions to a spider. It is that, like, if you see a spider, right, like, if you, if you see a spider crawling along the, the, the superstition, the belief, the commonly held wisdom is that means that, like, it had the, the, the held wisdom, whether or not we want to actually tie them to the great spider or not. The held wisdom is that that spider is there to for you to ask a question to like so the so the yes. the 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 commonly held practice is like that moment when you see a spider that you weren't expecting like you know you're in your car and you see a spider on your dash like that's a moment for you to go hey spider like am I happy at my job and like whatever question is on the top of your mind like you give to that spider and it's almost a it's like a piece it's like a piece packed or a a gift a, a gift given and it's like this practice of like if and and the the wisdom extends to like if you see a spider that means that you've got a question on your mind and yeah yeah that's very good there's this there's also this practice of there's a phrase i love making a good a good uh aphorism mm-hmm. um there's a very there's a there's a commonly held saying of like you look, you look like you just saw a spider, and it's it's not in reference to being afraid, like it probably would be in our world. But it it it's for that particular look when you're kind of staring off into middle distance, right? It's, yeah. You look like you just saw a spider. You look like you've been confronted by a question. You've got something on your mind, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, and uh, watch me do my yes and. Uh, you know, Go for I, it. <laughs> I, 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 I never knew about yes and until I started listening to all you all y'all podcasters who do professional comedy. Um, but I, I can I can honestly I want to I want to like freaking spin this off like a tulpa into existence in the world. Yeah. Um, because uh, like when you see a spider, I think there is a psychological thing that I think there's a name for it. Like a more than usual number of people see something moving like a spider 
and it freaks our shit out, like on yeah. kind of a on kind of like a deep lizard brain way. And um, yeah, I talked to my boys about it, and because they are sweet, loving, considerate children, they never want to kill anything in the house, which I really admire, and I want to support that. And so, like, we always and and to be fair, like their daddy's a soft touch, you know. So I always try to take bugs outside when I find them. But think about that, like, because you do see a spider and part of you is like, like, what if, but what if it's not like some weird, I had a friend once that said, when we see a spider or one of those crawly bugs and it squicks us out, it's because we evolved from omnivores who ate bugs all the time. So your brain is saying, eat that, eat that thing. And your human brain is being like, what the fuck? Why do I want to eat it? Um, I don't think that's true. But what if what's what's really going on is that you see this thing and psychologically it, it sort of like dents the world a little bit or reminds you of all the things that you have lost and forgotten. And so but and but regardless, spiders freak us out. And so if you kill one, well, sure, that's easy. You're big. It's a spider. But like if you're courteous, if you get over your bullshit and you take it outside like then you then you've kind of done it a, you've done it a solid and then like i would say in some parts of the world in some of the cultures it would be then you get to ask you know mm-hmm. if you see if you see one if you see one it's polite to ask but they don't fucking owe you anything but if it's in your house that means they've come to you yes mm. and if you've if you like get over yourself and and are very careful and take it outside without hurting it, then it owes you a little bit, maybe. That's very good. There's a lot that I love about that. And I, I, my brain was trying to add to it and I just, and it just landed on good. This good. <laughs> pitch, pitch good. Yeah, yeah. Not a yes and so much as just a yes period not. <laughs> so, um, there's this lovely thing that we're making about like the spider becoming an omen and like when you see it in your home or when you see it in general. And I think, so there's something, Pat, in the world that we've been making where the beast people, these these furry folk, um, they're unfortunately short. They're long in life, but short in memory, mm. um, where it's something that fades. So I think this concept of a spider taking a fragment of essentially you and your subconscious and building something from it that could help you later on in a web and the, the beneath or help someone else and you are a part of that. There's something about seeing a spider, I think, as a beast folk, or seeing a cobweb, like seeing a fully finished web in a house where it becomes something that you try to maintain, you clean mm, around I it. I love that. I love because that. it's a piece of you is a part of it. And if your memories are precious and part of any part of you, whether it's a random fragment of your subconscious, that becomes like a cherished memento of a piece of you because that spider could have pulled from you in your dreams. And that is something sacred and something precious and not something to be like walked through or pushed aside or dusted it's something that you're like that's an important treasure of mine that it might be or someone else's you know i can't just go tripsing through that i can't just swat it away i I adore that yeah when memories are so you know delicate and fragile it's something just like a spider web that you're like it's beautiful and it's intricate and it's interconnected this is thousands of people's lives and subconscious woven into one tiny thing in my living room you know that's that's amazing that's so good in that culture because you're absolutely right like 
in a place where they do have this short memory, which, by the way, I want to know more about that. I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and listen to these archives. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you're right. Where in in that culture, that would be like here. Like what cobwebs signify here is old, uninhabited, spooky. Mm-hmm. Where what cobwebs would signify, you know, in that world would be like it would. It'd be like it's like we're blessed. Yeah. We're, we're we're blessed and um and also it would be like oh you have like i could imagine in in these old houses where they would cluster in the corners it would round out these rooms and it would be the equivalent of like these old rich yes. polished victorian manners yes. it's like it's like oh you come from old memory yeah. Um, oh, it's, you a, love that. it's such a, oh, if these walls could talk, the tales they would tell. I love it. I love Look it. Look at I love this it. literal crystallization of memory in these halls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. I, I, I also have a thing to throw out Fuck. that I've been thinking We're on about. A roll and I am feeling it. <laughs> We're crushing it. We are, we are cruising on the Great Spider. So um, <laughs> here's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk through some process and I'm going to explain a little lore uh, for Pat and for the listeners. And then I'm going to tie it back into another thing. Here we go. I'm going to pull a tiny piece from the from the drow, a little piece that I like. I like that the, there's there's a relationship between the drow and the spider god in D&D. I, I think there's an opportunity to pluck that tiny detail here and and, and avoid all of the, the messy problematic stuff that I that I think is garbage and we can leave in the bin. But I think we can pluck that detail and I think there's an interesting way for this. A piece of elven lore, like elven traditions, the elves of this main this the, 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 this region that they come from, there is this idea that when you reach adulthood, you change your name and like you find what you're meant to do, and you change your name and like you become a new person. Essentially, you reinvent yourself. If this experience is very closely tied to that, and like it is this ritual of like, on some level, I, I think a lot about the idea that like on some level. Even if you're not aware of it, like you might know, like you might know who you are. You might know like who you want to be. You might know, have answers to these questions that maybe you just don't know that you have. Mm-hmm. But there is a call to to create yourself, to invent yourself. Yeah. Like that call. To find like if, yourself. If part of that opportunity to find yourself and create yourself and invent yourself is guided, is guided along and is like, is, is like a celebrated thing of like, of like you, you're, you're, it's time for you to reach adult. Like it's time for you to move to the next part of your life. Like you've, you've learned the lessons from your parents. You've learned the lessons from the people that have loved you and supported you. It's time for you to visit the spider. And like, that becomes this very like kind of ritualized thing where you go to the, you go to the beneath and like, there's no fear of that spider and that spider and the, the great spider like guides you and is like, you love managing a hotel, like be a, be a hotel manager. Like, and you come out of it and you're like, my name is Evelyn Skyline. Like you are like, (laughs) I have, I have this life. I understand like these things about myself that I truly love. And the spider, this, this spider acting like kind of a metaphysical, like career, career counselor slash like gender affirming, like dear friend slash like, you know, uh, slash just like comfort giver. Yeah. That, like very you come nurturing. out of the, you come out of the beneath and you're like, I know this, the, the great spider helped me find these answers and I'm ready to, I'm ready to introduce myself as I am, as I want to be to the people that I love. And that becomes this very kind of celebrated 
thing where it is you are ready to become you. Like this is who you are in your truest self. I I okay, so I I love that, but but I am the reason why we can't have nice things. No, oh, no. A world I want to live in is a world where I I go on on walkabout. I go to a wild place and and a kind spider fucking gives me advice and sets me on the path. Oh man, that sounds so nice. I would go into the woods and let uh let this spider help me out right now, like literally tonight. But or, or the world that I would want to write a story in mm-hmm. is a story where it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like what or wh- how do you guys feel about you know, there there might be a – how about this? Let, I want to have my cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. What if there is sort of a simple way that you do this? You know, it's sort of like – it's like a, a bat mitzvah or your quesinera. It's sort of a, a passage into – and everyone does it. And it's very nice and you kind of turn the crank and you read the words. But what about – like what if, what if all of that is sort of a, a polite social version of – of the real thing that some people that that used to happen accidentally and now some people do on purpose which is you go out and you really do it but to really purposefully go out and try to find who you are means you have to it's it's actually the root of a lot of concepts of shamanism in in this world which is you you have to die before you become anything meaningful. You have to really get lost before you kind of know where you are. And so those people would go out without help into the beneath. And if they can find the jewel, you know, or if they are lucky and they get the help, or maybe if even with help, there's no guarantee that you're going to come out from like the true dark beneath. Maybe some of those people, maybe they come back or they come back empty or they come back shattered. But if you come back in the right way, then it's transformative and that's the road to power. And that's the road to true self-knowledge as opposed to merely sort of a, a coming of age ceremony. I dig that. I think I've got, I've got, some, I've got some thoughts on that because I really like it. I want to throw out two kind of things that you that you touched on a little bit that I really like, and I want to kind of spin them into a thing. One, um, this idea that I want to say like this. I I think the two things I want to throw out. Sorry, I'm word words are forming, and I'm stumbling, which means that that means that something big is is on its <laughs> is on its way. What here's what I'm going to say. I think this happens multiple times over your life, and I think oh. every, I think there's no moment, there's no set age there's no set ceremony there's no set moment when it happens you have to make that call and like it is the truest form of coming of age in that it can happen at any time for anybody and you can come of age 10 times in your life and it is possible to your point about like you go and you don't have that magical experience where the spider tells you what you need to hear it is possible to go on this ceremony and you just don't find the spider and you come back a week later but like that might just mean you're not ready yet. Like that just might mean there's more, there's more of you to learn. I and really so you like might, that. You might have to go three or four times before you find that spider. And, and but when you do, that spider is going to present you with like, it's you're ready. Like you're ready. You know, the answer. I just have to help you find it from within yourself. And it might be something where, you know, 
you go and you find what is the right answer for that moment. And then you go again 10 years later and you find another answer. But it's this that that moment. I love the idea that it is your like you said, it is your choice. You have to be the one to be like, I'm going to go see the spider like I'm ready to go see the spider. And, and you th- might actually not be. Sorry, I keep cutting yeah. you off because I'm jazzed up. No, 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 no. I, I, I keep trying to jump in while you're still talking. The, uh, uh, but I, I agree. I like the thought of it being like, you know, just going and sort of like showing you're willing is mm-hmm. is probably like this. Like every everybody does it around this time. Like you're a teenager. You know, you don't. You don't really no. You never believe you're gonna yeah. really die. You know, um, but you go out and you also, when you're a teenager, you kind of assume you know everything. So that's not a great time for you know self examination or growth. But what if, like, and again, if you kind of know where you are and who you are and everything's fine, how lost can you get? Exactly. Like, how, how much yeah. help do you need? But also, you could be a huge hot mess, but not be willing to admit it. Mm-hmm. And so if you go out, you're still not going to probably get any help. But it's sort of like the longer it, – it could be you go out and you're a mess, but you still fall through. Even like – even though you didn't have real intention of really improving yourself because you're perfect. But oh, no, you're actually a narcissist. And then like, oops, but you do slip through. And maybe – if your intentions aren't pure or if you're not willing, I'm kind of, obviously, I'm kind of talking a little bit about therapy here because therapy's mm-hmm. really on my mind. Yeah. We do this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a thing is disguised as another thing. Fat, yep. you're going to fit on AMFC just <laughs> fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, oh, we're talking about, we're talking about real shit uh, under the skies of a fantasy world. Please continue. <laughs> Perfect. Um. What I really like about this is um, because we've created this concept that there's a spider deity or entity that is rather nurturing. I love like, it. I get the literal feeling of falling. You know, you walk through the spider web when you're, you know, trying to enter the space or not even trying to enter the space. And I get this feeling of like falling into the beneath. And you're kind of like, if you've ever seen a bug bump into a spider web, no matter what, it looks like it fell into Velcro. <laughs> like, it, you know, Ugh. it looks like it fell and was caught. So I get this, like, the verbs I get are, like, cradle or, like, uh, uh, caress or, you know, I get this uh, um, sort of, like, comforting feeling because at the end of the day, like, even a bug, once you're caught, you're done, you know? So there has to be some sort of what we're talking about where it's, like, you know, if you're going for the right reasons or if you do it right, we'll talk about it. I think the thing that I'd like to say is the word um, relinquish. It's, like, you have to kind of give in to the process that you're not who you are anymore and that's what you're after you're after growth you're after becoming who you want to be and if you relinquish that control you know and you fall into the beneath and you close your eyes and you trust that the spider will catch you and that you'll be bathed in the interwoven dreams and fabric of reality of millions of people who have been and who have passed you know, then you will be cradled in that, you know, web of consumed light and dreams, and you'll be returned from the beneath who you are, not who that. you, like, want to be. But if you go in there with hesitation or fear, you know, it's not that you get, like, rejected, but it's, I don't think you, you that don't it is find, a You don't complete, find yourself. Yeah, you don't literally find yourself in the web. Well, yeah, and I could also see even, you know, like, maybe... I'm not sure how well this fits in, but it could be, you know, what if 
you know, self, uh, and actually I, I remember reading about this way back in the day. Um, I was briefly studying to be a clinical psychologist, uh, way back in the before times, but, um, you know, people would, you know, and, and because I'm old, this was back in the day and people were, tr- a lot of people were trying meditation, like, mm-hmm. like big all out for real, like, like big meditation. And they were, they, it was going real bad for them because the Western mind traditionally is not geared up for a lot of actual for real self-realization presented mm-hmm. in a certain way. Um, and so like maybe maybe even that could be part of it is like, I mean, how much might it – if you're yeah, – and, and that's it. It's the relinquishing. It's accepting mm-hmm. where yeah. if you go out and you're like, teach me how I'm a great hero – yeah, you know, you're not gonna and, find shit, and, no. and you're like, and you're like, actually, here's the truth: you would be great at uh, accountancy, and mm-hmm. uh, and you're like, but no, fucking, and and like that would be crushing if you if your self concept is tied up in something that isn't true. Yeah, yeah, um, and you would feel more lost, even though you had you had found something. Um, I also got to throw I, as, as you were talking about it, Aaron. I could hear. I'm building the litany. I'm building like the scripture in my head, like the Ooh. language. Dang. Um, where it's like, <laughs> where, I mean, like, what do you say? How do you, how do you entreat this? Because like, I, I could make a pretty good argument for the fact that like all mythology or superstition or religion is really mankind's attempt to gain a sense of control over the world. Yeah. You know, because like, you're a you're Greek fisherman 3,000 years ago, and you're like, well, I guess I'm going to get in a boat, and if I get fish, then we eat, and if I don't, then we starve, and if there's a storm, I die, and my children are alone. Uh, that sucks to know to know that truth about the world, but if you create a God who's in control of it, and then you can make nice with him, then suddenly you don't have to worry so much because mm-hmm. you have a lever against the world. But I, I think of this, you know this 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 creature this concept um that is trying to get you to understand and kind of fucking chill out about it i love it um but also i i think uh, what are what are the uh what's what are the fancy terms like you have things after your name like i i i've got a i've got a very specific um well so what i want to throw out i i think the idea of like once you once you truly present your your real name to people, then that's when you have the sign of like you have found yourself. And the other thing that I want to throw out, I have a specific phrase that I was thinking about that I love. Uh-huh. Ironically, if you if you tell someone they're they look like they're in a web, they look like they're in a spider web. It is not saying that they look like they're trapped. It is saying that they look like they have truly like embraced themselves. It is it is it, you describe someone who is the most confident and the most like and the most and like emphatic and who they are you describe them as, as they look like they're in a web yeah because they look like they have had that moment right oh. you see those people who are just you 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 see them and you're like god you you know so much of who you are and you are you are crushing it that person is living that person's living in a web like that person is that person is in the web that person is live in their truth. I could see this permuting over the centuries into so many very bad things because mm-hmm. like 
if you if you revere the spider and you have these webs and you're like, oh man, it looks like you you're 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 just cocooned up. And then like it it very quickly becomes like a weird, like mortal like almost a death cult where it's like, yes, only in death are we truly embraced and caught, you know. Uh I but that would be like way down the line. It would in certain like subcultures of where, where this existed. I also think I, I like I, I really want a name for the for the jewel. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of this I keep saying this creature because I don't have a name. I think of them as being almost occupying a similar position as Ganesh. Because like Ganesh is amazing. Ganesh is the remover of obstacles. And the more I think of it, it's like, fuck, if I had to pick a horse, man, I'd be on Ganesh's side. Like, please, Ganesh, please just get some shit out of my way so that I can do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. But the spider is similarly it's like oh you know oh oh spider please catch me please like if i start to fuck up please catch me if i forget what's going if i lose track of like please please keep me from falling farther into the the deep beneath and and catch me and hold me and wrap me up and bring me back safe home again um I could get I could dig on this religion honestly. Yeah. The, the spider's name is Catch and Cradle. Catch and <laughs> hyphen cradle. Catch and Cradle hyphen is the spider is the name that the commonly held name that is given to the great spider. People generally refer to them as the great spider, but Catch and Cradle is the name that they commonly refer to it as. So it's like, oh, you know, it's like, ah, uh, I could really use Catch and Cradle right now. Like, right? Cuz it's that's that's what the great spider does. They catch you and they cradle you and they take you where you need to go. That's very good. I think we I think we got That's there. A good place to wrap. God damn. That was <laughs> we created quite the little myth there. Woo. Um wow, god damn. Um, so that's so that's the show. So that's the show. <laughs> it's what we do. We've been doing it for like almost 5 years. Um thank you so much to Sword Bob on Discord for your prompt. Um if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own for a beautiful podcast, Jeff will list all the amazing ways that you can submit them to us. Yes, uh, you can tweet them at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com. Or you can go to bit.ly slash AMFC discord and post them in our prompt submission channel. Damn right. Now, <laughs> before we go any further, I want you, Pat, to talk about, remind our listeners at home about this incredible fundraiser, what they can do, what's going on, where they can do it, all the good stuff. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, the the World Builders annual fundraiser is going uh, until the fifteenth of December. Uh, One Shot Podcast Network has its own team page. There's other team pages. Uh, there's some pretty cool, in my opinion, stretch goals on the One Shot Podcast team page, uh, including uh, a stretch goal where if we hit it, I will come back here. And uh, I don't know, and and do this again, but different, or build off uh, this this uh, mythology further, or spend the entire sixty minutes just trying to come up with a good name for this god. You know uh, that happens. <laughs> um, but uh, not that catching cradle isn't great, but like I I think of that. Oh, I think of that as like an honorific. Like mm-hmm. it is something. Like the untrod. I love the thought you Ooh. used the word untrod before, like an untrod path. 
but it's also a very good appellation for a spider. Love it. Uh, um, see, what again, I can't stop doing this. Rather than catch and cradle, I mean, I like you know doing a little bit of wordplay. If it's if it's cradle catch, like that is a cool one Ooh, word cradle name. Catch. Cradle catch the untrod shreds. Oh my god, like that shreds. Oh, oh fuck, that's very good. <laughs> we got there. It took us an hour and fifteen minutes. We ended the episode, but we got there. Guys. Got the name. And actually, just to let you know, that's what uh, Tolkien did with Shelob. Um, it's it's a female spider. Lob is actually just a word for spider because Tolkien was a linguist and he, that's how he rolled too. Ah. Um, uh, but yeah, if if we hit that stretch goal, I'll come on back here and and do do this again. I, like uh, uh, that would I would love to have an excuse to do that. Um, but also just to make it clear, there's not just stretch goals. If you come in and donate uh, to the fundraiser on any of the team pages. You are eligible to win books and games and all manner of coolness. We're giving away like more than $100,000 worth of books and games. And God damn. Yeah, like like publishers and game designers, board game developers. It's it, They donate those things so we can show off all these cool people and how generous they are. And then you get a chance to win a cool thing because you're putting money into a charity and just for example, 20 bucks, if you put it in to the World Builders fundraiser, we pass along 100% of that. We don't keep any. There's no processing. Um, we, you know, A lot of charities do like skim a little bit off the top. World Builders doesn't. We pass it all to Heifer. And for $20, it'll provide the tools, education, and the training for people to have a flock of chickens. And for a, a lot of places in the world, those chickens lay eggs, and that means that family gets protein in their diet every day. That means they can sell the extra eggs, and that means they have a reliable source of income, and their neighbors have access to food that's more available and, and more consistent. Um, and then also, spoiler alert, eggs turn into more chickens. And so- What? Yeah, sorry to- Oh, I should have really flagged that earlier. <laughs> but that is what Heifer does- and so much more. That is the thinnest sliver of what Heifer does. And they've been doing it for ages, and they do it really intelligently. They do it with goats or sheep. They provide clean water. Um, they send young girls to school in parts of the world where that just doesn't happen. They teach people how to make biogas digesters so that turns shit into methane so that children don't have to gather wood for four hours a day. Because 60% of the world still kick, cooks its dinner over an open fire. They're in the paint. They're all over the world. And, like, again, for 120 bucks would buy a family a goat. And that gets calcium and protein into those kids every day. Um, it's like giving somebody a small business that then gives birth to small businesses. And, and then it gets better because, like... They went into Korea after the Korean War, just for example, and they took chickens to help out all these people whose lives were destroyed. And now 80% of all the chickens in Korea are descended from Heifer International chickens. Holy like, shit. If you want to make the world a better place, and honestly, you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to a podcast like this. Like, this is how you do it. I did my research. I have backed a winner. If you come in and put some money into this, Heifer will, it's like tipping a rock that creates an avalanche of good that moves endlessly into the future. Uh, and you can be a part of that. Come on in, win cool shit, and fix the world because 
God knows the world needs it. Damn. Fuck. Yeah. That's my pitch. <laughs> it's, I've got notes, but I think it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. Worldbuilders.org, correct? Uh, yes. World, uh, actually, um, yeah, worldbuilders.org is the main website. Our fundraiser, I mean, it's one click away from worldbuilders.org. Yeah. So if you go to worldbuilders.org, there will be a button and then you can push it. Um, yeah, go do that. Go donate. Obviously, I can't I can't say that better than Pat did. So do that. Listen to that part. Um, what else do we do here? <laughs> uh, well, real quick, I'd just like to thank the glorious One Shot Podcast Network, as it is our podcast network home. Oh, yeah. uh, One, Cos- One Shot Podcast Network is home to a myriad of amazing shows and podcasts, and we support dope charities. So, um, for example, shows like Campaign Skyjacks, shows like... Campaign Skyjacks Ca- Courier's Call. I've never heard of that one. Um, no, but that's a great show that you should be listening to as well. Horror Borealis. Oh, God. Uh, also, please be listening to Jeff's other podcast. Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with a friend one-on-one. We play a two-player game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. Shibuya. Um, a verbal hug this week. My verbal hug this week... Sometimes you're going to have to cancel stuff, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You you come first. You always come first. Your life comes first. Your needs come first. Sometimes, sometimes you are allowed to cancel stuff. We were we were we were kind of saying earlier, like sometimes it's okay to it's okay to do something just because it's fun, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> this podcast is the purest example of me doing a thing because I like it, and I get to hang out with my best friend for an hour, and like. Mm-hmm. It's okay to, it is, you know, and sometimes life is going to get in the way of your plans and, and you can, you're going to have to cancel some stuff and move some stuff around, but that's not like a problem. That is not, that is, that is you giving space to your needs over the things that, 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 that you have said you were going to do. And like, that is kind of a beautiful and important thing. It is important to give yourself that space and that freedom to say like, this isn't going to happen or like, I am not going to be able to do this. Uh, I'm partially saying this because I had to cancel a bunch of plans this weekend because of the uh, medical emergency, but like, you know, and like, it's okay, right? Like life comes first. Like you are not, you are not your, you are not your obligations and your obligations, the people that you have made plans with, the people that you are doing things with, like those are people that are doing things with you because they, they care about you and they're excited to do stuff with you. And so if you need to take a step back sometimes, whether it is because you had a weird eye-related medical emergency or it's just because like you know you need some space to gather up some energy to 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 be better next time like that is cool give yourself that space boom that was really well said yeah thank you yeah i needed to hear that honestly yeah i got nothing i can't top that one um maybe i'll say i'll just repeat a really great one out of a book that i read recently by uh carlos hernandez it's uh gallon savvy uh, fix the universe, and then there's Gallant Abbey break the universe. Uh, they're books I found and I, I read before passing them along to my boy, and they're uh, they're amazing. They're they're like not not as kid books, just as amazing books. I love them so much. And in there, uh, like one of the parents was talking to one of the kids, and it's like I mean we all have rules for our kids. I say to my boys, I go I go what's what's the first rule, and and they go. Always, always talk, uh, always take care of people littler than you. And then I go, and what's the second 
thing you have to remember. And they're like, there's a lot of ways to be bigger than someone. Um, and and I, I, I was really proud of that until I heard this one out of this book. Remember what the, the, the first thing is? And the person says, it's the greatest good for the greatest number of people. Or do the greatest good you can for the greatest number of people as long as you have the spoons. And I, it knocked me over because I'm a utilitarian from way back. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I can stop if I am out of spoons? Because I literally, <laughs> it never occurred to me. I will destroy myself doing the greatest good. So I'm going to say it to you folks. Put your own mask on before you try to put on the mask of the person next to you. Please take this advice that I am bad at taking and take care of yourself because then you more sustainably will be able to take care of the people that you love. Agreed. 100% agreed. 100% agreed. Fuck. Good um, one. And that's all we do on this show. I love it. I want to thank Pat for joining us. Thank you so that much, was Pat. Fucking awesome. That this was a lot of fun. Been such a delight, such a treat. Yay. And uh, until next time, good, good night, night and, and good, good game. game. Junior Wizards, Senior Wizard Aaron here, and I come to you with our post-episode audio to talk to you about theworldbuilders.org. So, we're going to do this together, and I'm going to show you how to do cool stuff. You're going to type worldbuilders.org into your chosen web browser, and when the screen pops up, you're going to see Build a Better World, Donate. You're going to click Donate, but then you're going to scroll down to support a fundraiser team, and then you're going to click One Shot Podcast Network, because, yes, that's right, it all goes to the same place, but there's dope, different, like, backer rewards that you can get like unlockables think of it like a video game so help us reach these dope goals and you can unlock like super cool stuff including pat coming back on oh wait that one's already up so let's try to see how many more we can get um but seriously if you're listening to this consider donating even a little bit it means the world literally it means the world to people all over the world and it's such an amazing thing that creates such a tangible change in people's lives that you can do right now with the click of a button and a link to some monies. So get on that. Um, Thanks for hanging out this far. And if you love our show, don't forget that our whole message is creating a more optimistic world that's inclusive and friendly and nice to everyone. And this is a great place to put your money where your mouth is. So go to worldbuilders.org, click donate, scroll down to One Shot Podcast Network or whoever you want and click and donate. But do that. I love you, and I'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.